really ought to do, but it's something that you need to be, that we need to be given to, that we need to love, that we need to make it a part of our normal life is to be given to hospitality. And the word hospitality does, it, it means loving a stranger or being generous to a stranger. Um, in, um, in Galatians chapter 6, I, I love, I'm so thankful uh, to be a part of this church, and I'm thankful that one of our items of business in our business meeting is Galatians chapter 6 verse 10. Um, and we know, we know that as we therefore have opportunity, let us do good unto all men. We're to, to do good, to do that which is, is, is right, to love, to show love to all men. But then he says, especially to those who are of the household of faith. That word especially, it, it comes from the, the Greek word malista, and it just means chiefly, above all. So there's a special way. We are to do good unto all. We are to do good unto all men, but in a special way, we are to love our brothers and sisters in Christ and serve our brothers and sisters in Christ. And I just praise God. I feel so overwhelmed with gratitude for, for myself because I've been so much on the receiving end of that. Just, um, and so the call is, to whom much is given, much is required. And so my, my exhortation, again, is to, is to um, my generation and younger, is to take up that mantle. To make it a part of our life, to make it a part of our, it's it, a part of our normal activity. It is normal that we do good to all men, but in a special way to our brothers and sisters in Christ. That we are, it is normal for us to be given to hospitality. Um, I also, as an elder now, as an ordained elder, two of the four times it's mentioned in Scripture. Paul to Timothy and then Paul to Titus in uh, the qualifications of an elder is to be given to hospitality. He says, uh, he says in 1 Timothy 3, 2, he says, A bishop then must be a bishop or an elder, then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach. So, so elders are to be leading the way in this and to be to be the example in this. And I'm so grateful that I have great examples to look up to myself. He would tell Titus, Paul would tell Titus in Titus chapter 1, verse 7 and 8, for a bishop must be blameless as the steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, no striker, not given to filthy lucre, but a love, a lover of hospitality. Again, see, it's, it's not just like Judy Guest would always say, be uh, uh, do it cheerfully. Let's see, immediately, cheerfully, and from the heart. When we're obeying or when we're serving others, immediately, cheerfully, and from the heart. It is not something that we we should just grit our teeth and just do it because we know we really ought to do it. But it's something that we are to be a lover of. And I get it. We are sinners. We're not always going to be. Yes, I get to to be inconvenienced. But we can pray that, Lord, cultivate in me a heart that loves to be hospitable, that loves others, that loves to be a servant, that wants to emulate our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 1 Peter chapter 4, this is the, the, the last time it is mentioned in Scripture. And again, so in Hebrews, 
In Hebrews 13, when Paul, or the writer, possibly Paul, probably Paul, says, let brotherly love continue. Hebrews 13, 1 and 2, let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. And then in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8, Peter says, and this is, before I read this, this is what struck me so much about the passage in Hebrews and then the passage in 1 Peter, is that these letters are written in the context of intense persecution. These saints here are undergoing intense persecution. In 1 Peter, the saints are scattered all over the place because they are being oppressed by haters of of Jesus Christ, haters of God. And it just strikes me that this is a point that Peter and the writer of Hebrews are still uh, quick to make. They make it a point to, to exhort the saints, no matter what, no matter what's going on, to, to love others, to entertain strangers. And then in 1 Peter 4, he says, And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Use hospitality one to another, and then this is in all caps, without grudging. With out grudging. I don't know about you, but that steps on my toes. Because there are times when, you know, maybe, maybe I, I do a, a good act of service or um, serve somebody in some way and secretly, I kind of want to pat on the back. Or secretly, it's really inconveniencing me and it's really frustrating me. Yet, the Holy Spirit through Peter says that we are to use hospitality one to another without grudging. That without grudging just it means it's a secret displeasure, not openly avowed. Of course, I'm not going to openly say, well, yeah, I'm going to do this for you, but I just want you to know it's really putting me out. But in my heart, that's exactly what I'm saying at times. So the, the call here is to use hospitality one to another without grudging. And what is the what is the call? What are what is the call of of the Christian? The call of the Christian is the first and greatest commandment, and the second one like unto it. That's to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So, loving God, loving others. What is the outflow of loving God? It is to love one another. And he would uses very strong language in First John about somebody who says that that they love God but hate their brother. Um, that they 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 ought to not call themselves a lover of God. And so this hospitality is sim- simply charity in action. It is an outflow of charity. It's an outflow of loving the Lord, and it is a way that we emulate our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Second Corinthians. Chapter 9, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Um, I know we've been well instructed in this here, but it is always a good reminder to remember that true love, true charity, uh, true biblical service is not based on emotional feeling. Although, praise God for when we, when we have the emotional feeling. But what is it actually based on? It's based on, as one one writer said, it's based on dedication. On dedication. On selfless dedication. So 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 
Paul would write, he says, but this I say, start in verse 6, sorry. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, start in verse 6. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, here we go again, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. Paul wants to see the, the Corinthians here abound, to prosper in every good work. And what is a part of that abounding? A part of that prospering is being a cheerful giver, using hospitality without grudging. You know, for everyone here who have been chosen by God before the world began, who have been redeemed by the precious blood of our Savior Jesus Christ and regenerated and converted by the mighty power, the almighty power of the Holy Spirit, we have been, Second Peter would say, that we are partakers of His divine nature. We are partakers of the divine nature of Jesus Christ. Now, one day that will be consummated, of course, in glory, when we will be completely without sin. We won't have a hint of sin. Uh, we will see Him as He is. But even now, we are partakers of His divine nature, and, and, and we are to cultivate that by loving what Jesus loves, by valuing what our Savior values and hating what He hates. And so this, this has struck me that especially in the, in the first Peter passage and, and, and the, uh, the Hebrews passage, and then in the, the passage to the, to the pastors in First Timothy and Titus, that no matter what, no matter what, it's, it's the, the persecution. Uh, you may think as a, as a pastor, as a bishop, as an overseer, you have so many more important things to be worrying about. Yet, the Holy Spirit, through these writers, make an emphasis of hospitality of service, of selfless service. You know, Romans 8.29 says we are, um, God predestinated us that we are to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Yes, perfectly in eternity, but also here and now. And that, that is an active thing, being, being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. And so I just want to close with looking at Jesus, looking at Jesus and how He showed service and, and hospitality. You know, getting back to, I try to, try to make it a, a, a regular habit to read the Gospels. And so I'm back in Matthew and just, just the first 10 chapters, I believe, the first 10 chapters, I'm just amazed and astounded at how many times Jesus, as a man, was, if we could say, inconvenienced. Jesus was inconvenienced by the multitudes, by the hungry multitudes, by sick people, by lunatics, um, by countless just troubled souls. And as a man, kids, Jesus got tired. Jesus got worn out. Jesus' feet hurt from walking so much, and his voice may have 
uh, may have had a sore throat at times. I mean, this is a, he was a human being without sin, but he had a human nature, and he was tempted at all points like you and I, yet without sin. And so I just think about how many times Jesus was inconvenienced. But of course, we know the, the character of Jesus Christ. Did Jesus ever serve with grudging? Yeah, ah, again... I really am trying to just go and commune with my father, which he made it a point to do, even if it meant he got no sleep. He made it a point to commune with his father. But he always had time for those in need. Jesus always had time for those in need. I won't go through all these, but I'm just always am amazed. And, and look up, when you read the Gospels, look up. And I know some of them are, are this, the same... Uh, narrative, but look up how many times it talks about Jesus being moved with compassion or having compassion on them, stopping what he was doing to serve the needy. He always had time for those in need. In Matthew chapter 20, again, the value of hospitality, the value of service, selfless service, Valuing what Jesus valued. This context in Matthew chapter 20, verse 25, is the context of James and John's mother. Remember asking Jesus that Jesus, that her boys, that her sons would be placed at a prominent place in his kingdom, that one would be on the left and one would be on the right, that they would have a, a high place in his kingdom. Of course, this angered and frustrated the other disciples, but listen, I'll just read Matthew chapter 20, verse 25 through 28. I'll just break into the context, just read here. But Jesus called them unto him and said, Ye know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that, they that are great exercise authority upon them. But it shall not be so among you. But whosoever will be great, talking to the disciples, but whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. Let him be your servant. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant or bond slave. Again, this is, this is the chief. Who's going to be chief is the servant. And then Jesus says in verse 28, even as the Son of Man, talking about Himself, even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give His life a ransom for many. The whole purpose of Jesus Christ coming down to earth was to give of Himself. To give of Himself. To do the will of the Father. And the will of the Father meant that Jesus was the ultimate servant. The ultimate... Um, <laughs> yes, the ultimate servant. The one who gave His own life on the cross who took on the wrath of the Father for all the sins of His people, who took that weight on His shoulders, and then yes, again, it, just practically speaking, during His ministry, never he was, he was willing to be inconvenienced. He never passed up. He never looked over those who were needy, those who were helpless, even if it meant, again, even if it meant that He was going to be inconvenienced. And so, as I close, I just want to ask you this. Do you and do I value what Jesus values, specifically 
as it relates to hospitality, to serving, to being willing to be inconvenienced um, for those outside of these walls, but also in a special way also for those inside these walls in the body of Christ. Um, And let's learn, before I read the, the last passage, brothers and sisters in Christ, specifically my age and younger, let's learn from the older folks. Let's learn from their example. Let's watch them and do and ask them. Um, that, it's all over Proverbs and, and others about, about listening to wise counsel and learning from wise counsel. So let's, let's follow their example. Again, this, is, this, is, this has been in my heart since last week, and this is probably more for me than it is for you. But I know, I know it applies to all of us. And so... Let's, let's learn from them. Let's value what Jesus values. And this is what Jesus says, talking about, in Matthew chapter 25, talking about at the end, at the day of judgment, those who, who will inherit the kingdom of heaven and those who will not. And this is what Jesus says. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Listen to this. For I was in hungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw, when saw we thee and hungered and fed thee, or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto, unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Reminds me of Sister Theda Lawrence, you know, talking about making the apple pie for Jesus. You know, when she makes that apple pie for whoever she's making it for, she is making it for the Lord. Let that be said of us in, in everything we do. Do it heartily as unto the Lord. Um, I want to fin- finish this though. Verily, verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Verse 41, Matthew 25. Then he shall say also unto them on the left hand, depart from me. Ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungered, and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me not in. Naked, and ye clothed me not. Sick, and in prison, and ye visited me not. Then shall, then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee in hungered, or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. Again, just I know I'm repeating myself a little bit, but the call is to value what Jesus values, and He values service. He values selfless service. That was, that's what he was all about. And it's an exhortation to those, again, those of us who, who are up and coming 
to take up the mantle. But then thirdly, again, I want to honor you. I want to honor you older ones um, here that have made this a normal part of life at Grace Chapel Primitive Baptist Church. Let's pray. Or do you want to close out? Okay, let's pray. Lord God, thank you so much for blessing us to be able to gather together tonight. Lord, thank you for this precious, special body of Christ. Lord, I just, after Brother Dan's sermons over the last few days or the last weekend, Lord, I've just come to, again, just appreciate this local body right here much more. Lord, if we are the bride of Jesus Christ, you have blood invested in us, Lord. God, bless us to cherish each person here. Bless us to die to ourself. Bless me to learn from those who are, have gone before me and who are older than I, who have laid a, a, a solid foundation of showing hospitality, of loving, practical godliness, and in so doing, emulating Jesus Christ. Lord, bless us to learn from that. And in everything we do, may you get all the honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So you heard two things there, and let me just highlight both of those. It's really, really important. You heard the command, the teaching. We need to be taught how to do these things the Lord has called us to. But if that's all it is, then it's dead. That's what happened in what he just read in Matthew 25. That's all it is. It's dead. The, the, the real key is this. This is what Brother Zach said about many things over the years. The answer to every question is, the answer to every problem is, is draw close to Jesus. Okay? Because, let me just lay out this way. The fruits of the Spirit, love and joy and peace and long-suffering, etc. Hospitality goes right along with those. Those are not just things that God drops into us as character traits we just have. All of those, if you think about it, are responses. Okay? So we love because we are so loved. Right? We have joy because he has filled our hearts with goodness and etc. We become hospitable or we're intensely hospitable because he's been so hospitable to us when we were aliens, strangers. From the covenant of promise, without hope, without home, without God in this world, what did he do? He sent Jesus Christ, Ephesians 2, to break down the enmity between us and God and to break down the barrier between us and men and then to bring us into his house. Um, Ephesians 2. You can go on and on with that. God has been so hospitable to us. When he, was, he who was rich became poor, that we through his poverty might be made rich, that's the power of hospitality, okay? It's in seeing what Jesus Christ has done for us. And then we need some instruction, we need some commands, we need some reminders. But the heart's got to be there first. And that's what happens in Matthew 25. These opportunities are all there. It wasn't just an ignorance problem, it was a heart problem. Um, they, didn't, they didn't want to because um, they didn't deem it important. So the answer to every question is, Fall in love with Jesus Christ. Get to know Jesus Christ. Remind yourself of Jesus Christ. And then we have the good, uh, the, the, the good instruction. Just be reminded. This is a duty. This is a command. This is a call to be hospitable.